Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and we are continuing our journey through scripture in chronological order. We're going to finish up uh, the letter to the church in Galatia today, so we'll be looking at Galatians uh, 4, 5, and 6. Uh, remember what Paul is uh, addressing specifically throughout this letter is the, the group called the Judaizers who are trying to make it to, to where uh, for Gentiles in order to become uh, Christians, they have to become Jewish first, right? So they need to be circumcised uh, first specifically. Um, and Paul is having a major issue with that um, and is really talking about um, you know, that it is by justification through faith in Christ alone, that you don't have to do this outside ritual. Um, you, you cannot save yourself. You cannot justify yourself. It is only in Christ alone. And so he feels like this teaching um, is um, just subverting the true message um, of Christ. And so he's hammering it pretty hard. Um, he, and he you know, compares uh, you know, the Jews and Gentiles, and, and he acknowledges the differences. Um, but he gets to, at the, and this is actually in chapter 3, um, but leads right into chapter 4, um, verse 26. Uh, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And so, so it's not the circumstance, circumcision that's uniting you, it's the faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, you know, the Judaizers are saying, hey, you know, it's, it's good to be part of the chosen people, so get circumcised so you can be part of us. Um, Paul is saying, no, what unites us is our faith in Christ and what Christ has done for us. Um, and then he gets into chapter four. And now that you are an heir, um, how you should live, right? And uh, it starts off. Now I say that, that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. Um, and then he, he continues. Um, and because you are sons, this is verse six, chapter four. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. It's interesting that they use that word Abba. That, that's actually in Aramaic. It's one of the few words that uh, were written in these letters that were in Aramaic, um, not in Greek. Um, the vast majority of the uh, letters in New Testament was written in Greek. Um, but this word was in Aramaic, um, and it's, it's that term, Abba, Father. It, it uh, equates an intimacy, a relationship uh, with God. Um, he is not just your master uh, as a master over a slave. He's not just a benevolent master uh, over a slave. He is your Abba, Father. He has a relationship with you. And so just as God had an intimate relationship with uh, the people of Israel, he also has an intimate relationship uh, with those who believe in Christ. Um, and, and then uh, Paul uh, kind of expresses some concerns that he has, that he's fearful that the church in Galatia is going to listen to the Judaizers. Um, he says, but then indeed, this is verse 8, 
but then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to weak and beggarly, <laughs> beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. So he's like, why do you want to go back to bondage? You've been free in Christ. Now you're wanting to, to add um, all of these, uh, the, the, the laws, the rituals on top of this. No, you're freed. You're freed by Christ. Um, the, and at the end of that little section, verse 17, they zealously court you but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing, a good thing always, and not only when I am present with you. My little children for whom I labor and birth again until Christ is formed in you, I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. So, you know, Paul is very, very clear and said, I'm worried about that, that you are not um, holding on to the, the true gospel message that you are going to be influenced uh, by these uh, uh, individuals. He talks about uh, two covenants. Um, the uh, uh, covenant that um, he, he compares um, Abraham having uh, Ishmael um, and uh, Isaac, right? One uh, they took uh, into human hands, so Abraham um, went and slept with his handmaiden, Hagar, um, rather than trusting in God. And then Isaac came from uh, trusting in God. Um, and he, he kind of is uh, alluding to that here, that by uh, going back to uh, requiring circumcision, um, that you're, you're kind of choosing to do it your own way, that you're taking care of this rather than accepting the free gift uh, that God has uh, revealed through Christ. Uh, chapter five talks a lot about freedom and liberty, um, how we are freed uh, from the law. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Um, I, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. Uh, you who attempted to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, the, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ, Jesus neither, circum Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So again, what is he he's saying here? You're you're free. You don't have to follow um, those um, rituals, and especially the in addition to because he knows that this leads. This is more than just circumcision. It's going to go way beyond circumcision. This this would just be the start of it. And basically, Paul is saying you, you're you're thinking that by being circumcised, you're going to make yourself a little bit better or a little more uh, favorable. Um, or have a little bit more faith. Um, well, that that means you think that you're the one that is, uh, it, you are justifying yourself rather than believing in what Christ has done and finding justification in him and him alone. Um, talks about in verse nine, a little leaven uh, uh, leavens the whole lump, 
right? So he's saying, okay, they're coming in and telling you this little thing that's different, requiring circumcision. That can can ruin the whole thing because he knows where this uh, uh, leads. In verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Um, um, again, um, don't misuse your freedom, um, but you know, use that freedom to serve and to love each other. Um, then he, he talks about uh, the spirit and the flesh, um, how they are uh, in constant tension with with each other says uh, walk in the spirit this is verse 16 of chapter 5 walk in the spirit you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit the spirit against the flesh and they're contrary to one another um, and and so then he says well here's the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery fornication uncleanliness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousness outburst of wrath selfish ambition dissensions heresies envy, murder, um, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Um, so he's saying those are the things of the flesh that we still have to battle against. And if, and if we claim to be of the Spirit, we should battle against those things. We should, should push back against those human desires. And then verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, there is no law against such things. And those who are Christ um, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, not becoming conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Right? So, so you don't do this to, so that you're better than, than others, but this is a, a constant battle within yourself. You have to, to recognize that that is, that is always there. There's always going to be that temptation and we have to choose to live by the Spirit. Um, and it talks about um, sharing burdens of other believers. Right? Um, if a man is overtaken in any trespasses, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1, you, uh, you who are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of gentleness, uh, considering yourself lest you also be temp tempted. Right? So that when, when those who are walking in the Spirit or say they are walking in the Spirit, begin walking in the flesh, um, we should try to help restore them. Um, this, this gets really sticky because we now live in a, a culture that basically says if you disagree with how someone is living, then you do not love them and you do not care for them. Um, that, is, that is not true at all. Um, and, and we should, with gentleness, try to restore. Um, that's becoming more and more difficult to do. Um, it says, uh, verse six, uh, chapter six, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches it's talking about doing good, being generous, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh, uh, will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit, uh, will the spirit reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary while doing good. For we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Right? So this idea, you know, 
we need to eventually, because when it says God will not be mocked, um, eventually there will be a holding to account. Um, you are not going to get away with mocking God. Um, you, you're not going to get away with saying that you believe in God and then living um, like the, the culture uh, expects you to live that goes contrary to God's word. Um, eventually you will reap what you sow and we should constantly strive to do good. And by, by saying this, Paul acknowledges that sometimes it's hard. It, it's, you can be weary by trying to do good, but we continue to push forward um, but, and we do not lose heart. Um, the Verse 15 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Right? So again, Paul kind of summing up there, forget about the, the ritual. It is about the new creation that we, we are because of what Christ has done for us. Okay, we're going to stop there, um, and then on Tuesday, uh, let's we're going to read the letter of James. So it's James one through five. That's uh, will be it'll be a pretty big chunk, but we can we can do it. So James one through five on Tuesday. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday as we continue our journey through Scripture.